Some might say surprising, others maybe not, uh, but Jefferson Forest Cavaliers, they're now 7-0 and on the season. 4-0 and in Seminole District play after that 23-0 shutout last Friday night at EC Glass. Now both teams try to refocus for this evening and somebody who always helps us focus. ABC 13 WSET reporter Dave Walls, gracious enough for a few moments today here in the fast lane. Dave, a pleasure to be speaking with you. Before looking at the matchups this evening, how surprised were you by the manner in which Jefferson Forest asserted themselves and controlled the game last week in the 23-0 victory? Last week, we I think both of us thought it would be a good, close game. And I don't think I don't think either of us would have been surprised with a win by either team one way or another. But I don't think we saw that level of flat-out determination and domination that we saw from Jefferson Forest last week. It's rare that you see two teams of that caliber go up against each other and to have someone come out so decisively. Uh, big credit to Coach J.T. Cruz, also to his offensive line coaches. That was a game that was literally won in the trenches. Uh, J.F. for four straight quarters dared Glass to stop them in many times running the same play multiple times back-to-back and just said almost as if to say, this is what we're doing. We know you can't stop it. And we're going to keep doing it until you figure out a way to stop it. I mean, they, you know, JF could have made the game 40 to nothing if they had wanted to offensively, but they were content to continually run the ball, shove it down Glass's throat, or play after play, and, you know, impose their will. And, you know, and to their credit, also on the defensive side, you know, Glass simply could not get any offensive momentum going to the entire game. You know, even if they'd get a small play, maybe get a first down, it would be snuffed out. They never crossed midfield for the game. When was the last time you said that about a glass team in recent uh, history? I mean, this was a huge test for Jefferson Forest, and dare I say, they passed with flying colors. They did. They looked very good last week. It was a pleasant surprise for the Jefferson Forest Cavalier fans who enjoyed JF Cavalier football presented by TrostLaw.com. On 100.9 FM and Virginia Talk Radio Network.com or by asking their smart speaker stream WIQO Radio. There is a direction now that both these teams go coming off of that performance. First off, JF, they were the victor. They get Brookville tonight for a 6.30 p.m. East Coast Wings and Grill tailgate show on our sister station WIQO. It's a rivalry game. Does that make it easier to refocus for Jefferson Forest, knowing it's a rival? And stop me if you've heard this before, a team in the Seminole District that's usually very strong that has had JF's number in recent years. To a degree, it makes it a little easier to focus, but I would also argue that in a way, it's almost a bit of a trap game. You know, you go from a glass opponent that many people have, you know, it rang, it, the thought is that Glass is still going to go far, you know, win a couple postseason games here. And then you go to a Brookville team that, while, yes, they have had JF's number in recent years, you know, this is certainly, you know, not uh, John Meeks' strongest team. They got a, a lot of young players. They're still figuring some things out. But Brookville can still put some points on the board. They can still win a ball game. And if, if uh, you are resting on the fact that, hey, we finally beat Glass. We dominated them last week. If you start reading your own press clippings, uh, you know this is a case where Brookville could really jump on that. So I don't think you'll have that sort of problem with the JT Crows coach team. I think the coaches are have been on them all week. I would not expect that kind of uh, 
that kind of obstacle, but it's certainly one that I would suspect that if a player is not disciplined enough and not listening to the coaches, that is certainly out is certainly still a hurdle that would have to be sidestepped. Uh, if they're going to come away with the win tonight. Dave Walls, ABC 13 WSET, and he's at Dave Walls WSET on Twitter and Dave Walls TV on Instagram to keep up with him. Dave, the other side of the uh, how do you respond to the 23 nothing JF win at EC Glass, they are the Hilltoppers who were rolling to 5-2 and two before that game uh, and then really are 5-1 and one entering that game and then just got manhandled by JF last week. Um, afterwards, Jamar Lovelace taking accountability and uh, you know saying he didn't do a good enough job as a coach. What does that do, especially as the first year I coach, to help get the team refocused and bought into what you're trying to preach as they look to bounce back in an equally challenging spot at LCA this evening? Well, for Coach Jamar Lovelace, you know he did what a, a good coach should do, whether or not it is true, and just took accountability for the team losing, saying you know it, it stops with him first. You know, there's plenty of things that, you know, he wanted to look at, you know, and certainly, you know, there's things that the players need to look at as well as far as how hard they, they practice and what they ended up doing decision-making-wise last week that contributed to that loss. But the positive is going forward here is that this is still a glass team that, you know, with the exception of last week, has still performed very, very well. I mean, you remember for three straight weeks before that, they had scores of 48 or more. Uh, even in some of their tougher matchups before that, you know, their loss to PH was only a 10-point loss. Uh, they held a very good Lord Botetot team to seven points in the season opener. Class still hasn't even allowed 100 points for the entire season yet. So, yes, you're facing an undefeated team tonight at LCA, but you've already faced some tougher teams this year, teams who have playoff uh, a playoff resume from the past few years, players with plenty of talent, and you know you can contain them enough. Now the question is, can you contain them tonight as well as go on the road and score and get your offense back on track? You know, so there's I, – I, I think if you're a glass player, you still have to feel pretty good about your chances tonight. You, you know the obstacle you have in front of you, but you know you've already overcome some obstacles in your past, and even the ones that have taken your team down, nothing really got out of hand. So I, I think that's one of those cases where you learn from your mistakes last week. You put that game away, you don't think about it again, and you move forward and hopefully play a more complete game tonight and see where the chips fall. No doubt it's a tough challenge for EC Glass off the loss to JF because now they go on the road to LCA, presumably the top team in the Seminole District. And I know JF fans want to have something to say about that, and they'll get their chance a couple of weeks from now. Uh, looking back, though, the team that JF will battle next week, uh, we they hope they're not looking ahead, but we get to. That'll be the Amherst Lancers. Uh, did they find something, even though the Rosser brothers combined for six touchdowns last night and Rustburg won in a round, for an Amherst team where things seem like they're starting to get away from them this year, did they find something offensively that says, okay, now we at least have some building blocks for the future? I think so. You know, it, you know, so I was at the game last night where they lost to Rustburg, and you know, clearly uh, Chris Moore's team is one that is still putting the pieces together and they're, they're taking their lumps this year. But, uh, you know, for as banged up as they've been a little bit, they found some really nice uh, players. Devontae Wade has come in to quarterback with some injuries at the quarterback uh, position to Trace Liggins, uh, to Trace Liggins, excuse me. But uh, Wade had four touchdowns, two in the ground, two in the air. I thought the defense actually played pretty decently. You know, Quay Rosser, is a big boy for Rustburg, and there's not, and you know, if you're uh, if you're not at his caliber, he's going he's going to bulldoze. And he had his moments last night, but 
you know, Amherst, for the struggles that they've had, you know, they went toe-to-toe. You know, even when the game got out of hand, they continued to fight. They played pretty disciplined ball as well. You would expect a team that struggled in the wins and losses to have a lot of penalties, and really we didn't get that last night. It was a, it was a controlled game uh, where, you know, the two teams just went out of play for play, and they came up on the short end of the stick, but they were still fighting and scoring points late down in the game. And, you know, uh, overall, you got to admire how uh, Amherst has really handled uh, their this learning process. I think the players, again, are playing more disciplined. I think the attitude has been right in Amherst. And, yeah, 2023 may not be your year, but you got to feel good about the direction the program is in. And they've got a lot of young talent that's going to come back next year and uh, a little more sharpened and a little more ready for varsity play. Dave Walls, ABC 13 WSET with us in the fast lane. Dave, your game for ABC 13, Dan River at Chatham. How surprised are you that Chatham, maybe you could put Alta Vista in the mix, even though they lost to uh, to Gretna recently. Uh, you know, William Campbell, they're all kind of bunched up right atop the Seminole District, or the Dogwood District, excuse me, this late in the year. Yeah, you know, we've been talking about Appomattox claiming the Dogwood for so many years in a row. We forgot what it's like to have a real playoff chase at the top. But with Alta Vista falling to Gretna last week, we've got uh, a real logjam at the top of the Dogwood. You know, Gretna is technically... Uh, the leader, you know, they're undefeated in district play, but you've got Gretna, Altavis, and Chatham all sitting there at five and two. Uh, all, all of them have good offenses with some uh, stri- with some uh, very tight defenses, and uh, you know they've been they've all been in battles. You know, Gretna's losses come to like Magda Vista, who's undefeated. Altavista, you know, gets edged out down at Gretna, and they've all kind of beat up on each other and. You know, and here's Chatham, who you know historically is not usually in the conversation this late in the season, and then here they are with uh, first-year coach Bruce Devlin and an offense that has put up some nice points. So uh, we're here in the final weeks of the season, and still we have a tie, three-way tie that is at the top of the Dogwood. Should make for I think a fun battle with the Dan River team. That while they struggle on defense, they can also put up points in a hurry. They I think they put up 54 last week, so. Uh, it should be a fun slug out in the rain. I'm looking forward to this one. We are as well. Dave Walls, ABC 13 WSET, stepping into the fast lane. Dave, last one for you. We're going to jump away from high school football and look at college, but not 7-0 Liberty. They've got a big one on the horizon against Western Kentucky Tuesday night. But instead, VMI, they brought the Silver Shaco back to Lexington 17-13 over the Citadel. What's this rivalry like, just from your perspective? I know you've covered it as well, but the meaning of that rivalry. Yeah, you know, rivalry games sometimes still names the military classic of the South, but uh, this is very much a pride uh, thing for these two schools. You know, uh, uh, I, I kind of liken it, you know, at the professional level, you know, if you're an Eagles fan, you know, there'd be years where we go 2-14, and 14, but, man, if those two wins were against the Dallas Cowboys, it was a winning season. And, you know, for VMI, no matter how the rest of the season goes, they want that W over the Citadel to prove that they are the military school to be reckoned with uh, in the South. And this was a tough game this uh, past week uh, down uh, at the Citadel where uh, Hunter Rice, former Lord Botetourt standout, uh, had arguably one of the best games he's had at Akita's uniform with two touchdowns. But the, the defensive performance – was very, very good. And I know outsiders will look and go, oh, it was an 0-7 Citadel team or 0-6 or whatever they are. Uh, still a very good team. And you got uh, two squads just slugging it out for pride, you know, really the heart of what these two schools are all about. And, you know, if uh, the raw video <laughs> that we had showed 
VMI just rushing the field afterwards like they just won the national championship. Uh, these players know what this rivalry means to their school, to their community, and to the uh, to the military school community that really follows both these uh, these uh, programs around quite a bit. Uh, make no mistake, you know, nobody's winning a national championship in that game, but uh, there's a lot of pride and a lot of respect uh, that is uh, that is earned with with a, with a win between those two. Old school football when VMI and the Citadel play and the Keydets got the 17-13 victory last Saturday. Dave Walls, ABC 13 WSET with us here in the fast lane, helping us win every time. Dave, thank you much. Stay dry down in Chatham, and we look forward to chatting again in another week. There's no chance I stay dry tonight, but I, I, I will live with it. I hope you stay dry tonight during the broadcast as well, my friend. Have a good one. You too. Dave Walls, ABC 13 WSET. When we return, we'll touch on Virginia at North Carolina. Andrew Jones, Tar Hill Illustrated, steps into the fast lane.